Welcome to the Startup Field Guide, where we learn from successful founders of unicorn startups how their companies truly found product market fit. I'm your host, Sandhya Hegde, and today we'll be diving into the story of Sixth Sense. Founded in 2013, Sixth Sense helps sales and marketing teams identify the purchase intent of their target customers and automate the process of reaching out to them and engaging them. Last valued at over $5 billion, Sixth Sense has over 2,000 customers today. It aggregates buying signals like website visits, email opens, product review hits, and then leverages machine learning to help customers do account-based marketing and automate a lot of the workflow. With us today is the CEO of Sixth Sense, Jason Zintak. Jason, welcome to the Field Guide. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Me too. Um, so Jason, you joined Sixth Sense as the CEO while the company was still pretty early, you know, three, four years into their journey way back in 2017. I'm curious what attracted you to this particular uh, company? You know, it's a very big decision to come in as CEO. How was the company doing and why did you feel like this, this was the team to join? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's an easy answer, actually, uh, but maybe some background will help you with, for context. Uh, I grew up in sales, uh, sales and marketing, uh, namely the majority of my career was at SAP um, as a seller, uh, graduated through some roles there, went on to be a CRO uh, at a um, JDA software now called Blue Yonder. Uh, John Rahm just won the, uh, the masters, I sponsor him. Um, <laughs> so, and, th and then response is an email marketing company. Uh, and, and then last company for Sixth Sense was called Platfora and Platfora is a big data visualization Hadoop-based uh, analytic tool. We sold it to Workday, and uh, as I was sort of sitting on the sideline thinking about what to do, the last two career stops were probably what influenced uh, my uh, attraction to Sixth Sense, and that is that uh, email marketing uh, and then big data uh, were the two career stops, and and Sixth Sense was trying to solve those two things for B2B marketing. So leveraging big data, uh, data science, machine learning to solve for how do we market and sell better across new channels and uh, very early stage when I when I got to them uh, uh, but but a, a problem worth solving and one that I thought could evolve and why I got most excited because it's really my former former uh, function as a as a career as well as the companies I was at how did you go about evaluating like the the you know where the company was the founding team that you would be working with you know it's obviously a fairly like you know, crucial decision to make sure that you have the right chemistry with the founders and, you know, uh, would love to understand more about your process of, you know, how you uh, kind of evaluated the opportunity. Yeah, well, the introduction was uh, was pretty easy. So Battery uh, was an investor in, in Platfora um, right. and also an investor in Sixth Sense. I also had a, a common um, former CEO, PTC, was on both boards. And so this was the familiar introduction. And they said, "Hey, you know, you don't have anything to do now. Why don't Why don't you check out this company?" Um, and effectively, we dated for probably six months. We got to know each other, uh, and it was getting to know the executive team uh, and the employees and the product, and sort of digging deep. And it, I, I, it did take six months, um, and I was under. You know, neither of us were really pressured to do anything. It was, "Hey, there may be a match here where the founders uh, had gotten to a point in the in the company's evolution." Where they wanted some complementary uh, skill sets, and uh, that's ultimately what I'd say. First, we we said, do we like each other? 
Uh, and second, you know, do we believe in a common vision? And the rest sort of took care of itself through the multiple meetings. Mm. And what were your observations about where the company's kind of technology and product was at the time? Yeah, so it was early stage. We were about four or five million in ARR when I was evaluating uh, and, and ultimately joined. And I'd say product market fit was initial, but not totally there. Uh, we had, you know, I, I mentioned the, uh, I think I mentioned that Sixth Sense was uh, based under the concept of if we if we help understand uh, big data and those right. elements around B two B marketing sales motions. Perhaps we can learn from it uh, through machines and uh, leveraging algorithms, et cetera, to, to then predict outcomes of who might be in market to buy a certain product. Mm. Uh, and that's actually what they're doing. But I, I used to call it back then a black box because all it put out was a score, mm. um, a one, two, three, or four on buyer propensity. Uh, and so at that point in time, it was really just this black box and a score, no application effectively and no way to interact with the data. And that's that's about where I met the company. And you must have talked to kind of early customers of the company at the time. What, what was your takeaway from those conversations that you know kind of helped you identify this diamond in the rough? Yeah, that's exactly what it was, a diamond in the rough and, and sort of my why I was so encouraged with uh, what they were doing, but yet lots, lots to still do. Um, the, the interaction with the customers told me what I presumed, which is, and by the way, this is some of my sales DNA, was, uh, oh, hey, this, this, this account uh, is a one. They're like, they're ready to buy. And the next question that a seller would say is, well, why? Who? How do you know that? Tell me, wh- where can I see that? And the, the answer was, well, it's just because our, our data science tells you to. So, and, and most sellers and marketers are skeptical and want to understand how and why. And so the customer feedback uh, not only my own observation was, you know, these scores are interesting, but it's hard for us to get the sales and marketing and field teams to understand the recommendation. How do they trust the recommendation? And so what I thought was a big opportunity is that we could eventually contextualize uh, that data, that score, the, the why it, uh, the customer might be signaling intent to buy. Uh, and then ultimately being able to action that. So create the business workflow that contextualizes the data score, the insight, mm-hmm. uh, but then action on the insight. So be able to send, do something. Uh, know it, we used to say, know anything, do anything. So if we know it, what can we do? And the do right. is send an email, an ad, uh, a, a post to LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, and that's ultimately what our dream was. My dream was with the team to activate that and mature it. So uh, customer attention, uh, interactivity with the um, product would would become real. Mm, makes sense. So you've gone from kind of black box to, oh, I can trust the box and I can act on what it is telling me. Even though the technology is the same, the product feels very different. Right. And so what I what I discovered in sort of the um, dating process with Sixth Sense and the founders was they'd done the hard part. They had done all the data mastering, the application of AI, machine learning, um, solving the problem. Uh, uh, but now we need to make, put it in presentation format for sellers and marketers to truly collaborate, uh, create the user interface, the business workflows that allow them to understand that data and then do something with the data. And if we could do that, we would be the next generation B2B selling and marketing platform. And uh, it took some trust because that's a lot to build. <laughs> right. uh, and I'm you know, happy to say six years later, uh, we, we did. And it's here and it's actually out in the market now, which is pretty cool. 
And uh, how would you describe the go-to-market strategy that, you know, got them from like zero to four, five million in ARR versus, you know, the changes that you all ended up making together after 2017? Gosh, I think the zero to four or five million was probably just brute force and mass networking. And, um, you know, it wasn't a PLG product that actually required data integrations, data mastering. At the, you know, we automate that now. Back then, it was more custom work. Uh, so making sense of that data, organizing it to be ready for to apply um, the AI and leveraging who you know, the classic sort of, right. uh, of um, investors, can you introduce us to your port codes? Can we try it out? We actually started in big companies like Cisco and Dell were some very early stage uh, customers. In fact, the company was um, idea and concept was spawned out of a consulting project at Cisco. Right. Uh, and then further there, the company was founded, hey, instead of doing this manually, can we can we create a SaaS-based product that would be a platform? And what were some of the first few things you did? Do you remember your 90-day plan? Did you have a 90-day plan? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, it's to learn, typically. Like, learn, right. learn, observe, observe. Uh, um, very scary moments, quite, quite candidly. You know, we, we probably had 30 customers and... Uh, got in the door and uh, I think we we turned like seven, five of them in the first month and maybe another five in the next Whoa. month. And so, uh, we, and and by the way, this was part of like, hey, we believe in the mission, but we're having a hard time letting the users understand the why, the context right. that we talked about. And so a lot of it was just observing, well, what's going on in the market? What are customers reacting to? And they sort of gave us that answer. If you, if you, teach us and give us those as we develop the product to what I told you it has become today. That's what they are ultimately looking for. Uh, and, and we righted the ship. We, we actually changed some employees. We uh, hired a complete go-to-market team, uh, mm-hmm. which was, was not really present. We had the start of a go-to-market team. Uh, given my background with sales and marketing, something I understood well to do. And, and, and that's ultimately was the huge compliment uh, to the founding team in that, you know, we had some brilliant engineers at the company, data scientists, and we needed a go-to-market function to match. But, you know, I think the biggest thing was building the product to, to we, we, what we saw was the answer uh, to these sales and marketing collaborative tools or workflows. Got it. And that's when we, that's when we ultimately got product market fit and was when we delivered that UI. Hmm. What were, what were some kind of qualitative signals of that product market fit for you? Like, what did you listen for when you were looking at the customer feedback and talking to people who were kind of, you know, experiencing the, you know, new product interface, for example? Well, I think, you know, I, I believe that there is a, a, a generational shift or uh, that, that could happen relative to B2B selling and marketing. And as I mentioned, I came from a company called Responses, was actually B2C, but we got acquired by Oracle. We integrated with uh, the B2B version, of that, which is Eloqua. We competed with Marketo. So B2B marketing um, was thought of at that time as, and selling was sort of like Salesforce plus Marketo or Salesforce plus Eloqua. Um, what I believe is is it needed, and they were rule-based systems, that if we did the data-driven uh, approach, uh, it would it would transform. And so um, B2B companies, and their, probably their biggest spend was on an email marketing system, um, uh, as I aforementioned. And what became uh, evident talking to customers said, hey, this needs to be more data-driven, not rules-based. Um, and, and we want to be able to ingest more data, not just our own first party, but third-party uh, uh, web traffic, et cetera, 
to be smarter. There's, there's, there's more data we can process to be more surgical in our approach. And that was Sixth Sense's design is that we could leverage, you know, the, the uh, better compute power, um, uh, uh, machine learning and the algorithms to, to sort of do just that. And uh, now we're here in this next generation where actually customers have said, um, yeah, we spend more on you than we do on our old email processes because we don't we don't want to do this broadcast email to lists. We want to we want to be able to listen for intent and be more surgical with uh, a tactic that is appropriate and personal at the time. When we talked before, you know, you mentioned that there were definitely some near death experiences on your way to kind of going from twenty thirty customers to now to over two thousand customers, which is amazing, by the way. Um, I'm curious, like, can you share a little bit more about the journey, especially, you know, when you think about the, all the big shifts happening in the macro environment, right? Like there was a lot of like unbundling, a lot of spend on go-to-market tools. And now people are like worried they have too many. And I'm curious, like what the past five, six years have, have been like, and what, what have been some, you know, major milestones for you and Sixth Sense? Ah, uh, geez. I mean, you know, in the the young young years of these companies, uh, you know, seed, Series A, B, it's re- it's really sort of scary times because you're trying to establish yourself um, right. brand wise, product wise, from a product market fit, as we just talked about. Uh, we had many sort of scary moments, if you will, or or moments of, huh, are we doing the right thing? Um, one I told you about, you know, we we had some customer churn that said, hey, you know, we think you're onto something, but give it another year and come back to us. Um, or the, and fortunately, majority of them stayed with us and let us evolve through that. Um, that was one. You have funding sort of scares. We, um, by the way, when I when when I came into the company, it was very crowded in martech and sales right. tech. And most people said, most of my advisors said, "You're crazy. Don't take that job." Uh, and I I was I. I didn't have fear. Um, I saw the opportunity uh, in talking to the team. Uh, if we could develop what we, um, again, aforementioned, talked about relative to our product path, right. uh, th- th- they would come. You know, people would realize that this is the next generation. Uh, but it took probably three years, you know, since I got there to it actually become a thing, something that analysts started covering, mm-hmm. you know, Gartner Magic Quadrants, Forrester Waves, et cetera. And, and that's a that's scary time, you know. Are we going to become a sector? Are we become a, a must have versus a, a nice to have? Um, and we also believed in sort of a platform play that we could consolidate uh, different functions, so people wouldn't buy what was traditional back then as many tools that they'd stitch together. So today, you can buy from Six Sense our our um, firmographic data, technographic data, contact data, put it into the system use that data to then ha- help you do the emails, the ads, um, the social posts, create segments and cohorts that you market to and listen for signal in the market so you know what to do. And, and today, you know, we've evolved to, um, you know, leveraging generative AI. Uh, and and I, I like to say we sort of started doing it before it became cool. Uh, everyone's <laughs> talking about it today, but uh, we had this in the product two years ago um, and leveraged uh, chat or GPT-3 uh, for our email product. Mm. Got it. Makes sense. I'm I'm curious, you know, how has the shift to generative AI kind of impacted the long-term product vision for Sixth Sense? Because I think, you know, originally the core technology was very much around uh, prediction uh, and, you know, using data to predict kind of signals, whereas generative AI is, you know, still prediction, but token prediction and kind of, you know, very, very different um 
uh, style in terms of like the product value uh, that it adds. Uh, does it feel very cohesive in terms of your vision? Like it's all about automation. We got this. I'm I'm curious whether there have been you know tough conversations internally around you know is this a distraction? Is it still consistent with your mission? Yeah. Uh, no, I I think it's actually just uh, it's evolved naturally as 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 the next thing and and because we you know I think core to Sixth Sense we've always been big data. Right. Uh, applied machine learning AI, um, and that's you know some some of the basics of which we got funding uh, at the outset of the company. Uh, today, many companies are getting funded uh, based on generative, um, uh, and I'd say we that was just part of our evolution path. Like I said, two years ago, we were doing it and had it in the product, um, and we believe that uh, the, the AI would evolve, and and we want to do all things AI, big data, because we. We know there's too much data for humans to make sense right. of, and sellers and marketers can no no longer process simple lists to understand behavior. And so, uh, yeah, it's sort of next version for us. And the neat thing is, you know, today people are announcing products, but uh, these products are still human have human intervention. Uh, our email product, uh, because we've been building it for two years, um, leveraging uh, GPT 3.5 now. Um, is uh, is lack no human required, <laughs> and so it actually writes first email, second email, third email, and responses, and it is very human like. And and we leverage, of course, six senses, core data, and intent signals to make that even more powerful. Oh, that that sounds really awesome. And, and obviously, you know, I spend a lot of my time with founders and startups, so I'm really curious how you are thinking about, you know. Uh, given that Sixth Sense started as its DNA with, you know, serving enterprise customers who already have a lot of data to leverage and analyze, how are you thinking about the mid-market and SMB segments? And perhaps kind of related question, you know, how do you, how do you as a big comp- mature company, how do you start building more self-serve experiences? Because, you know, that's not easy, right? You have all this like really strong enterprise DNA, a lot of enterprise customers, and now you need to also like come up with a plan for a great bottom-up self-serve experience. I'm curious what what that process has been like at Sixth Sense. Yeah, well, so we we got our, we found it in the enterprise segment as our customers. Right. And so we... Uh... Look, we weren't we're, we're, we weren't cool. I mean, we didn't have PLG until uh, probably a couple months ago. In reality, um, because we went through traditional enterprise sales cycles, um, and uh, you know these were big data projects, and data was messy and needed to be cleansed and um, transformed. And we've since though come down market. So we came. We went from enterprise to mid market. Um, uh, and actually, we now service uh, small small businesses, and you know, hundred employees and above is sort of our generally where we start. And much to my surprise that I was actually very skeptical to go into the small business, but it turns out and my team convinced me and they had good research on it and the product worked and we didn't have mm-hmm. to really make any changes. Uh, so that was fascinating. Now, what we didn't have was PLG and we wanted to bring a freemium sort of uh, aspect to it. So it was easier for people to adopt and buy Six Sense. So naturally, as we came down market, we thought, there's more of a crawl, walk, run that should should people be able to step into mm. Sixth Sense. Um, to give you an example, we we launched our, our first uh, our PLG product in two weeks ago. It's called Revenue AI. Mm. Uh, in two weeks, we signed up um, uh, 5,000 users. Wow. Uh, from Mountain. <laughs> and and that's, a, that's a free product. So 
um, companies can go out and use it and step their way into Sixth Sense and, and figure out if, if it's something they like. Uh, and we'll and we'll continue to mature from there. How do you think about like the, you know, the first kind of aha moment that someone has with Sixth Sense in the bottom up self serve experience versus when you are going through a top down enterprise motion? You need to kind of the aha moment needs to be more about building trust and conviction as opposed to just kind of you know starting with features and functionality. I'm I'm curious how you think about that and. And, you know, how you are thinking about evolving your own point of view on what the future of like go to market strategy looks like in this, you know, blended world where everyone's kind of doing some bottom up, some top down all at the same time. Well, I mean, maybe the best example is just our, our converse, we call it conversational email, which is mm. the generative AI um, backed product. Right. Um, that's a sort of a try and buy. It's it's you know minimal. Uh, right. It's, it, right. uh, it's very lightweight. For example, if uh, we were trying to target you and um, you got an email from me from my outbox, my address to Sandhya, and uh, we go back and forth three times, and then I tell you at the end it wasn't me, it was a bot, and you're blown away because you thought we were having this wonderful conversation, right. <laughs> and right. turns out it still is wonderful. It just wasn't me. That is proof in the pudding, and that's actually what we use as the demo to say, hey, just try it this way because you'll, you'll be impressed. It's responsible, um, it has good conversations. You can, of course, have human intervention if you want to, uh, when you want to, through different stages. But that is a really good way to say, try it and buy it and use it. And, and it's proof in the pudding because people say, wow, that's, that's quality. Right. Um, the other aspect is um, our Revenue AI product, which uh, simply a seller can say, I, I, you know, I, I need to understand some general intent and a signal or a contact uh, or, or uh, what products do they have installed at X, XYZ company, log in, grab it from Sixth Sense and go. And that, uh, that builds the trust again in the data to do your job. I'm curious whether the, you know, shift in the modern data stack and the data ecosystem and kind of this, you know, a better adoption of warehousing, has that impacted your customer's ability to get more value out of Sixth Sense? Like, what are you seeing in kind of the data ecosystem that, you know, is a good tailwind and will help future go-to-market leaders, like, you know, do this better? Yeah, the, the, the stack is completely changed. And that was one of my reasons I was most excited about Sixth Sense and the vision is just that, for instance, the old email systems were just one, one channel and sort of first-party data for the, for the most part. Um, and we all know how much you know, how data is proliferated and how many different sources it could come from. So to, in order to have a 360 view of your prospect or customer, it's more than just email. And so we aggregate all these different data sources. We aggregate G2 if you want. We aggregate, you know, think about any intent. We're an intent supermarket, if you will. Right. We have our own right. proprietary intent, uh, which we think is best in class. But we want to involve and ingest as much data as possible. And that's why I say, you know, let's not forget about our origin. We're a data company first that applies AI to make sense of it, um, know anything, do anything. And I believe that's, you know, our customers tend to call us the central nervous system. And that's the pendulum swing from some of these channel-based tools to uh, a, a data-centric stack or the central nervous system in Sixth Sense to help understand what to do so you know, so you can then execute a tactic across any channel. I'm, I'm you know, curious, kind of coming back to present day, um, there's you know, been massive changes in the macro ecosystem, especially uh, when it comes to go-to-market. You know, people are kind of uh, decreasing go-to-market headcount where they can, and the next year or two you know, feels like it's going to be tough. 
Um, how have you and, you know, the Sixth Sense team kind of adapted to that? Or, or you know, has, has there been like changes you've thought about making or had to make to, you know, your positioning, your go-to-market strategy, you know, your product? Like how does the macro environment affect uh, you in the next couple of years? Yeah, well, and so in the last six years, we've had two of those. We've had COVID, which right. uh, which actually impacted a lot of tech companies because um, spend spend was uh, considered um, was actually just just there's a, a tighter lens looked on spend, and now of course we have you know the new macro economy and and uh, you know the switch to a bear market from a, a bull market and. Uh, what does that mean? And so people have to do less with more, or sorry, more with less. And um, uh, we do the same. So actually, six cents uses six cents. So we actually right. believe it is a more with less. We you don't we need less field source, less field people, in yeah. order to reach people because we're doing it through data and and right. targeting specific targeting. So that helps you reduce your staff, or at least have a leaner staff um, to leverage the intelligence. Uh, I think those two. Um, you know, these two moments in time, COVID and the current macro economy, actually help you get better as a business. It's our experience. We had to look, we had to look more tightly at like, what is a customer value? Are they getting value? Uh, we now issue um, ROI studies on our product to all our customers and report back quarterly uh, so they can see real impact of the product they're using. And I, I think, you know, for any young company, that is a forcing function in today's economy. Certainly one of them is you know, are you delivering value to your customer? What does it look like? And do they actually see what, what we see? Um, that's sobering. And that, that uh, no, let's see, what else? You know, we're, uh, you know, it's no longer growth at all costs. It's path to profitability. Um, that's something to focus on, how you have more efficient growth. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the new valuation sort of high, high watermark. And um, uh, that also, you know, makes you get smarter as a business. I think, one of the things that um, has been really impressive is, you know, how well you have been able to uh, really kind of work with the founder, original founders of Sixth Sense and, you know, really uh, build on their strengths and complement the team. I, I'm curious, you know, what, what was your approach? Like, what did you go in saying, okay, this is, this is, this is how I need to, if, uh, you know, do this effectively. And what would be your advice to other technical founders in a similar situation who are, you know, considering whether they should bring on a professional CEO and, and what should they look for in the process? You know, I was looking for an opportunity where, where we were uh, complementary skill sets. Um, look, I mean, uh, we need each other. I'm not a data scientist. They are, um, and that's that's the cool thing about you know working with with people in general. Uh, you know, I believe everyone brings something to the table. Everyone has a respective strength and weakness. And uh, I guess I learned through through years that that's that's something that evolves and to look for and leverage each other and lean on each other. And so today, this executive team, it's really cool. We have um, half the team is the original founding team, and the other right. half is new in the last six years. And we're all working together and no, not a single person has turned over uh, in those six years. So, um, uh, it, you know, it's, it's sort of that that human be kind and be respectful and do, do unto others as you'd like uh, to them to do to you. And uh, th that was just it was chemistry. Do we have chemistry? Do we have the same vision? We touched on it earlier. Uh, can we get along? But you have to you have to really you know be delivered about it every day. And even today, you know, now that we're uh, twelve hundred employees and um it's, the journey's different you're reinventing yourself every six months if not every quarter 
on what's going on, what do we need to focus on? So communication is key and respect um, and integrity through that process is paramount. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jason. This is you know, an incredible opportunity to understand you know, how you have uh, help this company go from, you know, diamond in the rough to the juggernaut that it is today. I'm so excited about your new product-led growth strategy too. And uh, we'll definitely encourage a lot of the founders we work with to go check out Sixth Sense um, and also be inspired by the great MarTech product you have built. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate the time. It's been quite a ride. And, uh, you know, I think I think that's what we learn is just everything's a new day in these startups and keep the faith and it's fun and have fun. Have fun while you're doing it. That's I really <laughs> like, to, like to make sure that's a denominator. Uh, absolutely. You've been listening to the Startup Field Guide with Sankhya, an unusual ventures podcast. Stay connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you liked what you heard, please rate our show and help us reach more aspiring founders with lessons on how to find product market fit. Thanks for listening. Until next time.